goodest of good days to each and every one of you tip-top, discerning and agonisingly attractive cats and kittens. And thank you. Unreservedly and with a fervent gratitude that touches dashed closely upon the pathetic uh, for joining Arkham and I for this week's episode of Discontent Provider. The podcast equivalent of a widening cinematic crane shot of a battered action hero standing in the middle of a scene of flaming carnage and screaming WHY towards the cruelly indifferent skies. Only, you know, with an acoustic folky sort of song at the end, which some might argue undercuts the epic grandeur of the whole undertaking more than somewhat. Uh, that may be true, I suppose, but uh, if you don't dig on the concept of barely adequate guitar playing as a means of underlining a point, by all means, feel entirely at liberty to fuck off and listen to Hans Zimmer's podcast. But don't expect all the fun stuff. Yeah, I'll be bound that tortured metaphors and homey anecdotes about dog shit are rather thin on the ground under the maestro's watch. So then, to business. As summer warms the waters of our babbling brook and does its level best to dry up the permanently muddy patches under the canal tunnel of our happy place, the uh, silver fox and the black and white dog find their plates dauntingly full this week, almost as though the dinner ladies of world events have ladled on an extra helping or two of indigestible slop in the mistaken belief that they're doing us a favour. Had it been a slow week, I'd intended to pad things out a touch with a few remarks upon what I genuinely feel may be the worst television programme ever made. But I'll have to forgo the dubious pleasure of dunking on a pair of podcasting wunderkinder for a while. Believe me, podcast pals, uh, until more than a hundred million listeners wake up to the fact that they'd be better entertained by listening to themselves pissing over their own shoes while in the grip of a week-long bender, I rather fancy that uh, Chris and Rosie Ramsey's TV show isn't going anywhere. A touch of envy, Foxy, you may be asking. Well, not as much as you might think. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd far prefer to sit here with Arkham than pretend to give the tinniest of tin shits about what some fuck stump off of any reality TV show might have to say on any subject. A disclosure you can have absolutely gratis. We move then from a purely cultural horror to a genuinely appalling example of humanity's never astounding capacity for monstrous cruelty, which I hasten to add in no way means I consider the two things comparable. Stone me if even the Conservative Party is willing to acknowledge that frivolous references to crimes against humanity is a bit off. There's no way I'd do it. It, it just seemed like a ready-made segue, a, a horribly dark inversion of the old principle of moving from the sublime to the ridiculous, or so, something like that. Uh, what, the witless but harmless to the unabashedly evil? I don't know. Don't know how you'd phrase it. Anyway, I've done my best. Uh, only it's worse than that. Regardless of how we got here, however, we're talking about the introduction of new, viciously repressive, anti-LBGTQ plus uh, legislation in Uganda. I'm pretty sure that the news was uh, absolutely the first human words I heard on Monday morning as I blearily began my habitual coffee-spilling morning routine, and I was thoroughly sickened. Indeed, it even seemed to take some of the sheen of smug professionalism away from the Today programme bods as they broke the story. And, uh, and small wonder... Obviously, we, uh, we all know that things in Uganda have been far from rosy for gay and trans people for a while now. Uh, many and varied have been the uh, sickening tales of exclusion, of intimidation, beatings and even murder going on with, it's been suggested, the tacit approval of the authorities and law enforcement agencies. 
the, the formalization of decades of homophobia embodied in the new laws, approved almost unanimously by Uganda's parliament, uh, <coughs> though that take away any such ambivalence from the state's attitude. Uh, homosexual acts can now result in offenders receiving lifelong prison sentences uh, with aggravated cases, those in which one party is under 18 or is infected with an STD, uh, rendered defendants liable for the death penalty. Uh, I suppose that proviso might well lessen the number of cases of extrajudicial murders happening uh, by accident in custody. After all, bigoted fuckstumps love executions, so why deny them their fun, the cunt? Uh, but that is, it needs hardly be said, the coldest of cold comforts. Viscerally appalling though these laws are in and of themselves, I was struck, and forcibly at that, by how not too frightfully different some of the attitudes and rhetoric underpinning them might be found within five minutes of logging onto any sort of public forum in our not notably united kingdom. Parliamentary Speaker Ms Anita Among tweeted that the laws would, quote, protect the sanctity of the family, unquote, and added, quote, we have stood strong to protect the culture, values and aspirations of our people, unquote. Now, where exactly have I heard that before? Oh, I know, all over the fucking place, every fucking day. That's where. Other old favourites of these, those thicker than unstirred pig shit were served up by the Bill's sponsor, uh, Asuman Basilwera, who told the uh, BBC, It does not bother anybody if two adults are engaged in gay sex in private, and even then the law does not look for those who are doing their things in private. But once you seek to do it in public, and then you are recruiting others to do things your way, that's where the problem is. Now, as a politician and statesman, Mr Baselwira uh, is, one might assume, just about savvy enough not to fall into the all-too-common and, let's face it, frequently revelatory uh, homophobic trap of referring to things being forced down his throat, but in every other respect, could that not have been tweeted by Barry from Basingstoke or Deirdre from Devizes? Come to think of it, there seems to be a fair number of Britishers who would be all over dusting off the late Mr Pierpoint's apparatus for anything resembling noncery. Just look at the vitriol being directed against Philip Schofield in the past week. Now, I shouldn't have to say this to the well-informed deep thinkers that convene hereabouts, but I will anyway. Just in case Arkham's presence on our photo has lured in any semi-sentient fuckstumps who were hoping for a jolly chat about the finer points of hair coursing, I'm not defending or uh, grooming behaviour, or any kind of paedophilia, not even the kind I longed for as an adolescent when our class had a smoking hot French teacher. Uh, no, I'm not even defending Philip Schofield per se, but I will say that the readiness, not to say the slavering eagerness of certain sectors of society to conflate any and every kind of unsavoury criminality with homosexuality is as disquieting and flat-out beastly as it is misguided. Of course, I can hear the whataboutery from here. People who aren't listening to this now, pity them podcast pals, it must be awful for them, are currently, through some spiritual Pavlovian response, actually standing up and shouting, Here! I thought you lefties didn't like pushing our values on other cultures! And then 
looking confused and wondering why they've suddenly just stood up and shouted into empty air. Uh, in this instance, that argument doesn't seem to hold more than a few fluid oz of water or of communion wine come to that. I, I had often wondered why our LBGTQ uh, plus chums were so frowned upon in Uganda, uh, but was reluctant to think about it too much in case I wound up being surprisingly uh, racist. Can't be too careful. Uh, looking into it, though, I came across an article, a very well-translated article, thank Christ, in Develd, uh, that tackled that very question. Uh, let me immediately both reassure my fellow guilty liberals and shut those still puzzled naysayers to whom I alluded earlier well and truly up. According to an anthropologist and LBTQ plus activist, Stella Niazny, and a human rights activist, Edward Mutibi, uh, for all the terrible old pony peddled by the Ugandan mainstream about the un-African nature of homosexuality, there is little evidence of a particularly deep-rooted cultural heritage of homophobia in Uganda. Uh, both the people to whom I refer are Ugandan, and while the fact that they live uh, in exile in Germany may, I'll admit, have some bearing on their perceptions, uh, they seem to know what's what. Both uh, Ms. Nianzi and Mr. Matebi seem fairly certain that the current climate in Uganda is, and perhaps you ought to sit down for this, the product of colonialism and Christianity. Indeed, it seems widely acknowledged that the king of Buganda, the central region of modern-day Uganda, was gay and rarely was a hair turned. Quote, the issue of homosexuality didn't just begin with this generation, Mr. Matebi said. It has been there all this time. People have always lived with homosexuals. It was, Miss Nyanzi opines, British Protestant missionaries that brought their religious objections to same-sex relationships and other sinful doings to Uganda, a legacy that survives to this day in conservative Christian countries in Africa and, let's face it, elsewhere, obviously. Uh, so, while the prevailing narrative that homosexuality is an un-African Western import against which Africans ought to guard themselves to preserve their, uh, their cultural purity, such a comforting and edifying phrase, eh what? It is homophobia born of religion that is actually the interloping ideology. And, of course, it would be positively indecent of me to discuss bigoted and harmful spiritual rani gazoo without giving American evangelical Christianity a seat at the table. Quote, Many of the American evangelists who came to Uganda in the 1990s still live there, says Stella uh, Nyanzi, adding that they poison the discourse. We have a number of churches where the senior pastor is an American, Pastor Martin Semper, one of the most vocal homophobes and one of the biggest mobilizers of the anti-gay movement is married to an American. Priests like Semper spread a lot of misinformation in society, she says, unquote. And uh, let us leave Uganda now, cats and kittens. Uh, not, on not only is the point, I think, made, there's also the very real possibility that my fondness for archaic phrases might lead me to saying dark continent or something similarly gauche. And if I do that, the rest of this episode will merely be an awkward silence as I and Arkham, whose eyes were made to exude well-bred reproach, take a long, hard look at myself. Yet we're not altogether done with the subject of intolerance over LBGTQ plus issues. How could we be?
people being the gruesome sacks of twat bastardry that they mostly are. Uh, this week here in Blighted Blighty, we saw an awful kerfuffle over Dr Kathleen Stock uh, being given a platform at the Oxford uh, Student Union debate on transsexuality. Well, as time is pressing, and you're doubtless as familiar with the details of the matter as I am, I'll skip the preliminaries and get to the point. Well, my point, anyway. I, I realise that as a straight cis male, with all the privileges and ball hair that that entails, it's easy enough for me to spout off, so feel absolutely free to tell me to go and fuck myself should I be overstepping my bounds, OK? I, I would hope that by this point we're sufficiently pally to get past most disagreements with good grace and benefits of doubts given all round, uh, so, no, here we go. I don't dig on uh, Dr. Stock's views. I find them reductive. And uh, while I wouldn't put her in the first 11 where I put in together a transphobic cricket team, as I don't think she's actuated by the sort of malice that animate many trans critiques, I can see perfectly well why she has pissed so many people off. That being said, for my money, it's always worth giving even the most obnoxious turds the chance to air their views in a debate. Uh, to let them hold up their ridiculous arguments to scrutiny and to allow their innate silliness and wrong-headedness to become blindingly apparent. There, I said it. I may be paraphrasing a bit freely here, but uh, isn't, isn't the crux of her argument essentially that evergreen Twitter gem, you can't argue with biology? Uh, not too hard to debunk that, for a start. Biology insists, for example, that if someone gets cancer, they will pretty much certainly die in excruciating pain. One wonders, no one really doesn't, how many of those espousing biology's supremacy would stick to their principles should the big C come a-knocking. I suspect dashed few, to be honest, with most running tearfully to a quack and saying, Doc, I'm having a bit of a row with biology, can you help me out? A fair play that wouldn't, uh, to those that wouldn't, of course, for no other reason than that they'd die, taking their unpleasant dinosaur ideologies with them. Nah, seriously though, uh, while I appreciate that people are actually affected in their day-to-day -day lives uh, by this issue to an extent that I will never be, uh, taking the good doctor on in debate would always seem to be a more constructive approach than playing into the hands of a let's face it, very hostile press by causing anything that could be described as a big queer scene. Again, easy for me to say, and don't worry, we are fucking off in a very few moments. Before we do, however, let me remind you that, that facts and quotes have been culled from respectable media sources, and all views were mine and mine alone, and should be used for entertainment purposes only. Until we meet here next week... Please carry on listening, liking, subscribing and sharing Discontent Provider to all in all your favourite places. Not Apple Podcasts though. I'm having the very devil of a job in joining that weirdo techno cult and I'm not sure I want to. Uh, your support is invaluable to us spiritually and maybe at some point financially. I have some ideas for some additional tat for which I might ask for the odd nominal contribution. Uh, then again I might not. If something comes out about a Patreon donor, I might be pressured to hand back the cash. Yeah, uncharacteristic uh, kudos to the Labour Party there. Though, let's give them their due for standing firm over that just-stop-oil-supporters coin. I mean, it would be awfully jolly and smashing if they'd express a fraction of that level of staunch resolve about something political or ideological. But, uh, you know... If who gets to chuck doubloons into their coffers is what really matters to them, I suppose there's little more to be said. Until next time then, cats and kittens, from the Silver Fox, 
and the black and white dog. Cheerio! You can't even walk down the street these days without being hassled by the dykes and the gays. Waving their placards and brandishing giant day glow dicks. Well, I'm not a monster, I'm a family man. Well, keep it to the bedroom, why, of course you can. Though the thought of what you might be doing in there makes me feel quite sick. I don't know why they're proud, they're a damn disgrace. Every leather thong and every painted face. Every same-sex kiss degeneracy is everywhere. I'll assert my normality as a straight bloke But my wife fucking hates me and my marriage is a joke So I'll watch a Japanese teen pissing on teddy bears The end times are coming, their pride is ridiculous You'd think they've never heard of the book of Leviticus They won't be so flipping complacent when the rapture comes if they had any sense, you can bet that they'd focus on God's plague of woman-faced demonic horse locusts instead of seeking Satan in glory holes and other men's bombs. The omniscient creator of the universe clearly needs my help to chastise the perverse. Though I'll admit that sounds a little bit prideful when I say it out loud. I'm certain that I'm righteous cause I go to church So I very much doubt that God'll leave me in the lurch But I'd better ask the pastor if being proud is any kind of sin Party's over, they'll all go back home In couples or in throuples or quite alone To live for another day just as everyone else must They're gonna go back to their humdrum lives Husbands and husbands or wives with wives Some happily single, some lonely with their hopes turned to dust they have marital spats, there's faithfulness and cheating They're a night in watching telly and round about the heating There are happy families, there are some who'll never settle down Some of them are lovely, some are horribly unkind Their lives are really just like yours and mine Who really cares which bitty bits go where you homophobic clowns? <laughs>